Chapter Twenty Charms and Other Subjects Jinny woke early on her first day of lessons, wondering how on earth she was supposed to concentrate on school. It was so strange. She had done everything in her power to get out of spending a year at the borough, and she'd been looking forward to her lessons with Remus since he'd first offered to teach her. But today, the only place she wanted to be was home. She rolled over quickly and fumbled on her bedside table for the little muggle photograph that she had taken the day before with Hermione's instant camera. She hadn't asked to use it, but there had been no time to owl Hermione for permission. And anyway, it had been a real emergency. Jinny grinned at the wrinkled, sleepy little face that sat still on the funny-looking photo and began making little cooing noises. Percival Leander Weasley was the most gorgeous baby in the world, and a very proud Aunt Jinny studied his tiny features for a long time. She wondered if Remus would mind putting off classes for another day or two. She wanted to go back to Ottery St. Catchpole and hold the baby again. He had been so warm and soft and funny, and the whole family had been in a fit over him. Even Penelope had smiled and laughed and it was the first time that Jinny had heard laughter from her sister-in-law since before the memorial service. Yesterday, it had almost seemed that Percy was just in the next room, so often had his name been mentioned. Jinny got out of bed and dressed quickly, trying as she always did to shake off thoughts of Percy before they could overwhelm her. She tucked the photograph of little Percy into the pocket of her old black work robes, tied her hair into a neat tail, and for the first time, felt a bit anxious about her lessons. Although it was true that Remus had been informally instructing her most of the summer, he had insisted upon treating the official tutorials as though they were both back at Hogwarts. Jinny gathered her books and looked wistfully around the room, her eyes sweeping over the bed once occupied by Hermione, and wondered what it would have been like if Hogwarts were open this year. Although, after all that had happened, she wasn't sure if she could have handled a return to school. This was better than Hogwarts, she reminded herself, because Harry, Ron, and Hermione would all have graduated anyway, and she would have felt alone without them. Downstairs, Ginny was very surprised to see Remus, Sirius, Ron, and even Harry sitting around the table, eating breakfast. They all paused and looked up at her when she entered, and they were all dressed, except for Ron, who was still in his pajamas. His eyes were only half open, although he did attempt to say, good morning. What's going on? she asked suspiciously. Hands on her hips, she turned to Ron. I thought you were staying over at home. Why are you awake? He looked at her blankly, as though wondering the same thing himself, as though wondering the same thing himself. So she turned to Sirius instead. Why aren't you at work already? she demanded. There's gratitude for you, laughed Sirius. Ron ran one large hand through his hair, making his head resemble a flaming porcupine, and sighed dramatically. I climb out of bed at the crack of dawn. Quarter to nine in the morning is not the crack of dawn, Ginny interrupted. Ron continued, the crack of dawn in order to make you feel loved on your first day of school, so you won't have to eat in the great hall all by yourself. Oh, said Ginny, flattered, and she finally slid into a chair at the table and set her book bag down. All right, then. She picked up a piece of toast and began pulling the crusts off of it, then realized something. Did you apparate here like that? she demanded, pointing to Ron's pajamas. He looked down at himself. What? I'm covered. Jinny huffed. 
Ron, you could get splinched, and then you'd be half-naked, stuck somewhere with everyone staring at you. Ron snorted. You sound like Hermione, he muttered, and then let out a small, involuntary sigh, quite unlike the dramatic one he'd used earlier. She owled, didn't she? Harry asked. What'd she say? How's she doing? Ron's ears flushed lightly. Yeah, she wrote, he said, looking uncomfortable. She said, well, you know, it was mostly personal, but I could show you the part about... Harry swallowed a bit of cereal so quickly he almost choked. No, never mind, he said in a rush. I'm sure she'll write to the rest of us. Ginny watched as Sirius and Remus both hid their grins in their juice glasses. After a few minutes of everyone quietly munching away at their breakfasts, Remus pushed back his chair. Now, if you will all excuse me, he said, I have a few items to prepare before my pupil arrives. He shot Ginny a smile. Sirius wiped his mouth and stood as well. I'll come out with you, Mooney, he said, grinning. I've got to be off. Good luck at school, Ginny. Don't let the professors boss you. They're just a bunch of sad old codgers. Ron and Harry sniggered, and Remus pursed his mouth at Sirius in a manner so like McGonagall's that Ginny had to laugh. Ron left the table soon after, clearing the dishes away as he went, as if by habit. That's a good barkeep, Harry harassed him, when he came back and ran a rag over the table with his wand. Ron flicked his wand sharply, making the rag fly up at Harry's face, but Harry caught it deftly before it could smack him, and sent it back into the kitchen. Hey, he said suddenly, are you still planning to go look around later? Should we check the paper and all? Ron shrugged. Probably. For what? Ginny asked at once. Ron ignored her question. I'm going back to bed, he announced with a yawn, and left the room. Ginny turned back to Harry, who was the only person that didn't seem to have anywhere to be. He watched Ron leave, then sat absent-mindedly swirling his pumpkin juice around in the glass. What's Ron looking for? she asked him. Harry shrugged. A flat, I think. For him? For both of us. Ginny's heart sank, but she tried not to show it. Sirius will miss you, she said lightly. Harry set down his glass and looked keenly at her. He pushed up his glasses. I wouldn't mind staying here, he said quietly. But I think Ron wants to prove it to your mum and dad that he can manage out on his own. I think he wants to prove it to Hermione as well. Ginny felt a thrill course through her, as she did every time that she found herself having a real conversation with Harry. He was right about Ron, and she wasn't sure why, but his insight surprised her, possibly because he so rarely shared his insights. Where is he going to look for a place? she asked. Far off, I imagine, if he's trying to prove something. London? She hoped she sounded natural. The thought of Harry being out of reach, especially now that he was going to work at Azkaban, made her feel cold. No, I told him I want to stay close. Harry didn't take his eyes from hers. I like it here. I don't want to live in the city. Here? You mean you want to stay in Stagston? If we can find a place, then yeah, Stagston. Good. The word was out before Ginny could help it. She blushed a little, but didn't want to be the first to look away, and Harry's gaze didn't falter. She found herself studying the color of his eyes behind the flash of his glasses. Nervous? he asked, after a moment. Ginny frowned, puzzled. About? School. Oh, right. She grinned. A little, she admitted. I'm mostly afraid that Remus is going to regret offering to teach me. She laughed at herself. 
Harry, however, looked serious. You're going to know more than all the rest of us soon. We didn't have an entirely proper education in our seventh year. I almost wish I could study again as well. So study with me, Jenny said rashly. Right, Charlie. Tell him you take it all back. Tell him you want to quit and go back to school. I'm sure Remus wouldn't mind another student, and you shouldn't be at Azkaban. Jenny. Now Harry did look down at his plate. They hadn't discussed the dragon riding since she'd announced her intention of joining him at Azkaban if he went. There hadn't been time to talk. There'd been Penny and little Percy and school to get ready for. It was time, Jenny realized, to finish the conversation. Please don't do it. He flinched lightly and did not look back up at her. Come on, it won't be that bad, he tried. Not that bad. Jenny fought to keep her voice down. She could feel it trying to rise. Harry, it's an evil place. And those things are evil. I know. That's why somebody has to keep them there. Why does it have to be you? Harry looked up and smiled thinly. I don't know. Absently, he pushed his fringe back, revealing his scar, and Jenny thought briefly that the answer to her question was right there on his forehead. I asked Dumbledore that once, he said almost to himself. Fifth year. What was his answer? Jenny asked very quietly, but Harry only shook his head. You should be getting ready for class, shouldn't you? Jenny glanced up at the clock. Nearly nine. She picked up her book bag and held it in her lap. I meant what I said about coming up there, she said. I know, Harry replied. I heard you talking to your dad about it yesterday, and he said there's no chance in hell he'll ever allow you. Jenny felt color flood into her cheeks. He'd been listening to her. So what, she countered, standing up and throwing her bag over her shoulder. I'll figure something out. Anyway, I'd like to see what it's all about, working with dragons. Harry didn't answer. He just pointed to her pocket. Something's falling out. It was the little photograph of Leo. The twins had started calling the baby that almost as soon as he'd arrived. It's sort of short for Leander, George had said, plucking him out of Fred's arms. And he's our little lion, aren't you, mate? Roar for Uncle George. Practically guarantees him a spot in Gryffindor, too, Fred had teased, giving Penelope a peck on the cheek. Wouldn't want him ending up in Ravenclaw with all the swatty prefects. The whole family had taken to the nickname right away. It was easier than calling him Percy, which would have been quite painful, and Penelope had seemed grateful to George for coming up with it. Little Leo. Jinny looked at him, and everything else seemed to go away for a moment. His little eyes were scrunched in sleep, and his tiny pink mouth was perfect. He even had the beginning wisps of fine red hair. Just look, she said to Harry, holding out the picture with as much pride as she'd ever felt. Isn't he lovely? Harry took the picture as carefully as if it were Leo himself. Jenny giggled in spite of her irritation with dragons and Azkaban and Harry's general stubbornness. You can hold the picture normally, Harry. It's not the baby. You can even drop it if you like, she teased, remembering how awkward he'd been with the tiny breathing bundle. That's not funny. I really almost dropped him. Oh, please. When have you ever dropped anything? She held out her hand for the picture, and Harry turned it over. I have to go to class, she said importantly. See you at lunch. What's first? Oh, I don't know. Potions? Jenny shrugged. I haven't got my schedule yet. 
you won't have any classes with Slytherin, Harry said, sounding jealous. Ginny laughed at his tone. True, but then again, I really don't get to be a Gryffindor. Harry looked up at her. Oh, go on. You're the entire Gryffindor seventh-year class. And the prefect, and the head girl, and the Quidditch team captain. Not for long. You're late. Professor Lupin will revoke all your titles and have you scrubbing the owlery. Hedwig's cage could use it, I'm telling you. Realizing that she was, in fact, late for her first class, Jenny hurried from the room, lightly swatting Harry's shoulder as she went. As if he'd anticipated this reaction, he reached for her hand as she touched him, and she felt his fingers pull slightly against hers. With the tingle of contact still running up her arm, Jenny disappeared into the study that was to be her castle for the rest of the year.